Welcome back to the Lens Baby Podcast. This recording is not a continuation of the Moving Through Fear episodes. It's from a new series, Three Photos, One Lens Baby, where each episode explores the story behind three images, all created with the same Lens Baby gear. While it's best listened to while you're watching the video content, see the YouTube link in the description of this episode, we're including the audio content here as an exercise where I hope you'll pick up on aspects of the conversation that are more about your experience and where the speaker's vision overlaps your vision. I encourage you to listen to the audio version first and then view the video version to see the images that we discussed and how they differed from what you imagined we were talking about when you were just listening to the audio. To see all three photos, one lens baby episodes, go to youtube.com slash lensbabyusa. Hi, I'm Craig Strong with Lensbaby. I am here with Shelly Corbett to talk about three photos taken with one Lensbaby product. Hi, Shelly. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, hi, Craig. It's my absolute pleasure to be here, and I can't wait to talk to you about these images and Lensbaby. Shelly, talk to me about your photography. What is it that inspires you? What kind of work do you do? And what's your motivation? Okay, that's like a huge question. I'm just going to just let you know right now. It's, Hi, what's the center of the universe? That's what you're asking me. It's like, what makes me tick? I'm Shelly. I am an art photographer and my preferred motive is toys. So I am a photographer of toys, most specifically Lego minifigures uh, out in nature not necessarily in like a brick build or a modern environment. So I like the contrast of nature and organic material with the hard plastic. That's the thing that I do. Why toys? That's really complicated and not because there's three reasons that toys, I think for me, are the perfect motive is one, they're fun and they connect me to my inner child. I'm really attracted to magical realism and storytelling and toys just fall right into that. And as an art photographer, I'm trying to connect with my audience and using toys is like a really beautiful shorthand because they're going to come into my imagery with whatever their connection is to that toy or story that they see. And I'm bringing my story to that. And somewhere in the middle, we connect and meet. And it's in that connection that I find the beauty. So that's what I'm doing. Does that make sense? <laughs> that makes total sense. And I love the idea of your story coming in and then ha overlapping with my story. But I appreciate you going into the deeper meaning behind what you're doing here today. And that's what I'm looking forward to is to hear the story behind your images. Today, we're talking about the Edge 50. You're going to be sharing three images that you shot with the Edge 50, all of them toy photography, of course. And let's get started. So what you're working with here is the Lensbaby Edge 50 on your Composer Pro 2. Talk to me. Why did you use this tool? My camera looks funky because the lens is never straight on and never looks normal. And I love the edge on this one because the macro is built in. And so I have that as my starting point and I know I can add the macro filters on top of it if I want to adjust that a little bit more. But it's nice to have that really solid starting point when I set up my shot. And I've been shooting it with this so long using this that literally I can just sit down 
set up my shot and I'll sit, set up my little green knee pad because, you know, I'm on the ground most of the time and I will pretty much get it where I want it to be from the get-go in terms of how far my camera is away from the scene. So you're talking about tilting and having yes. it off to the side. What advantage does that give you when you're shooting toys? A lot of advantage because when you photograph toys, there's a very small line between when the toy looks alive and it looks like a hunk of plastic. And if you're not careful, it's always going to look like a hunk of plastic. And that line is moving the camera micro movements up, down, left, right. We all know what the photographer's bob looks like. And that's me, right? I'm like moving around really fast, figuring out where it is. And so I can't be on a tripod. So if I'm not on a tripod, it makes it very hard to do focus stacking. So by using the edge, I can move my focus plane from the front of the frame of this, whatever the scene is to the back. And by doing that, I can lead my viewer. So I don't think of it as a slice of focus. I think of it as selective focus. So I can select what I want my viewer to be paying attention to. And it's either a line that's between two figures or it's a line if the boat or a the subject is not completely horizontal to the picture frame and going back into the scene, I can still have everybody in the front to the back of the boat in focus and I can just lead the viewer into the picture and give this two-dimensional photographic frame more depth. So that is how I use my selective focus is to bring my viewer into the scene, into this magical setting that I've created. Let's jump into your first image here. <laughs> this is so delightful. And I feel emotion here. There's the rage of the primal rage of the, the dinosaur and the just horror of dinosaur caped Lego man. Talk to me about this. I have this awesome T-Rex. That's the figure in the bag. And I love to have him chase minifigs. I've been doing this for years. It doesn't matter. He's chased Boba Fett. He's like chased all sorts of people. A hot dog man's very famous one that I've done. It's all sorts of, and a friend of mine came up with these little minifigs that are T-Rexes, little miniature Lego sized T-Rexes. And you've seen those blow up people running around in T-Rex costumes, right? Doing racing, whatever, terrorizing children at birthday parties. Yeah. And it was just having a T-Rex chase a T-Rex. That idea just makes me laugh. And my goal when I photograph is, can I make myself laugh? And that's really all I'm doing here is I'm making myself laugh. And if I can make myself laugh, then I know that other people will appreciate that as well. I call this when Tuesday feels like Monday because we've all had Tuesdays. It just feels like Monday never ends. And there you have it. Okay, your selective focus is intriguing here. I see all the eyes in focus. I see teeth. Talk to me about your choices on the Edge 50 that you made. I really wanted, I mean, to make the joke fly, he has to be in focus and those teeth have to be in focus. And if I can get the eye, that's just a bonus. So I had to just really 
probably you move it up and to the right to get both of those things in focus. But I played with it on the ground. T-Rex, luckily, there's a little bit of a hill, so he's a little bit lower. So I have to place my figures where I know I can get that focus. But it was really important that his screamy little face was really bright. And you could see that and those teeth, because that's the thing is we all have that dream or that that whatever it is that just feels like it's chasing us. And I just wanted the viewer to really feel that terror. Plus, it's just dang funny. And if you can't have fun when you're, for me, photographing toys, clearly we have to be having fun. It's part of the joy. So how to really just up that ante. And if it had just been him in focus and not the T-Rex, Hey, I would have played, but it would have been like more of a dread rather than just sheer terror. And sure. if just a T-Rex is in focus and not him, then it's like you don't, you can't read that full terror. So have, being able to get both was just ideal. You're talking yeah. about the photographer, Bob, you're down on the ground, no tripod. So I assume you're moving in and out, up and down to get all of this. Plus your lens is moving. Talk to me yes. about composition as well. You can tell me about the photographer, Bob, but as in you're bobbing, not your name is Bob. And and then the composition on this, you made some choices there to direct the viewer as well, not just with focus. I'd have to say that my composition, probably not that great on this one. I've cropped it both horizontal and vertical, and they both work. There's a, probably too much space on the outside. It's not, I mean, there's some issues, but I do like the fact that they are both to one third to the right. They're not centered up. It would have been nice to be able to get maybe the T-Rex or the front figure, maybe a little bit more to the right, like he's more into that corner. But then I'm, then I'm, then I have to work with the limitations of the lens and that slice of focus and, and find the middle ground of where I can lay my line and focus and where the figures are going to be. So there's that dance too out there. So sometimes I actually do sacrifice a really good composition for the joke. I'm out there just doing the best I can. And then how much is the focus? Am I going to get it at two, eight? Am I going to get it four? If I go to four or five, six, am I going to, is too much of the grass going to be in focus? And then that's going to be a distraction. So I'm literally all this stuff is going through my head. And then, and then I really was important to me to get a little bit of blue sky. So I just felt like it was, you could see there was a distance, like maybe there's something because otherwise it would be too oppressive with just all green around it. It's hard. It's so hard, Craig. <laughs> it's so fun for me to enjoy the image. If you were to shoot this again, what would you do different? I will totally shoot this again. Um, I'll, like I said, long standing history of chasing T-Rexes. So for this one, it may be a different background. Maybe the location, probably not that great. It's a little bit too grassy for my taste right now. I probably would have gone for something more mossy, darker background. So he's really looming out of something. And I do have a mister that if I had someone with me, I would be like, oh, hey, we're like, more of a foresty situation in moss and see more of the figure more like more running and then get that mist going there's lots of things that i can take this and run with it in with different figures different situations and really up that terror and that humor level love it thanks for giving us a window into that 
Okay, we're going to move on to the next image. So this is a quieter and more of a connecting image. Why is this image important to you? Uh, this image is really, actually really important to me. It really captures so much of what I do and love about this my chosen crazy toy photography road I've gone down rabbit hole. So we're in water, which is actually just a really muddy puddle. If you saw it in real life, you'd be like, what the heck are you doing there? It's in my favorite park, which I go to most every day and love to photograph in on boats, which I have a real connection to water. It's always been a through line in all of my work, both toys and the photography I did before this. So there's the reflection. And then I love... And also these two characters, Mandalorian and Grogu from the Disney show Mandalorian, which I'm sure most people have seen or at least referenced to. I really do love that storyline of found family. So I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but this particular story is, I love the fact that these two characters come together through disparate, really weird reasons and they connect, they bond, and they create a clan of two. And so I love sending them out on alternative adventures in between their battles and finding Grogu's home and his real family. It was just a natural for me to stick them in a boat and stick them in water. What can I say? You can just see the little bit of the frog because there's in, in the first season, there's a very funny scene where he's just always eating frogs. So that's why it's called snack time. And I... When I'm around water, I'll set my settings on my camera. So I shoot aperture priority pretty much, yeah, no, all the time. It's just the aperture is the most important thing to me. And I let the camera do the rest of the work. And I know a lot of people, especially in the toy photography community, are really into manual. And I'm like, dude, I just spent a lot of money on this camera. I'm going to let it do some work for me. So I'll set it on aperture priority and get my ASA to be as low as it can be so I can get that water to move because I just love what it does. So you're looking for some motion and a little bit of blur and, and you're hand holding. That's some skills. Yeah, I can. At, right now, I can do about 130th handheld and still nail my focus. Good for you. Getting that entire canoe in focus on that front edge is quite a trick. And that's pretty unique to the edge optics. So that seems like a good fit. It's a toss-up between those three, but which one is going to get me what I want. But I always go back to the edge when I'm really looking for a selective focus in a very specific place. It will always get it for me. Now, it sounds like you tried a ton of options, but if you were to shoot this again or when you shoot this again, what would you do different? I have realized because photography can be a very technical hobby and passion is one thing that I'm missing in my toolbox is off-camera flash. And I really think that I could do much better with some of these photos that I'm doing in nature, in shadows, if I could really up my lighting game and then I my background wouldn't blow out. So that's my latest thing that I'm looking at. I need to really get some more technical skills on the photo side the storytelling and the creativity and that stuff, I, I got that. I'm good there. But my other photo side, the technical skills, a little on the rusty side, that's my next thing. I think I can do better here. 
you're looking at every aspect of this and saying, where could I improve? Where can I build my chops to say in, in a particular situation, I want more options. Anyone who enjoys creativity or artistry or photography is looking at where there's room to grow and go for it because you'll always discover something new along the way. We're going to a recent creation, at least the, it's new to me, that is super intriguing. We've got a, a flying Lego. Talk to me about what makes this in, image important for you. This was a challenging image because I really wanted to create an image that has really strong tension in the middle of the frame. I really wanted this dynamic image where there's a lot of tension between the two figures and a sense of a little bit of motion of the bird flying in to the Lady Hawk girl, as if the falconer is called her hawk in. I wanted that tension and that capture of that moment. So that's why the two figures are like super far apart. And if th this was an example of idea, probably over location. So the location is just an easy one. My side patio in the spring moss probably could have chosen a better location, like beach, mountaintop, something more expansive, I think would have been nice. But for this particular image, it was the choice of figure, red hair, and using that red to really draw the viewer straight to her. But then you've got this weird tension that's pulling you off to the right to that to her hawk coming in. I love the framing on the left of the out-of-focus elements that are almost prismatic in the background, and then the very simple framing on the right of the bird, where it's just out of focus. And you see that contrast happening in a different way on each side. And so for me, as you're talking about another location, there's part of me screaming going, no, oh, I love this. <laughs> I like to revisit ideas and see where they're going to go. And that's also part of the joy of the toys is by doing that, I can also at the same time build a story of her going on different adventures in different places and having multiple experiences. And maybe the next one, maybe she would be just a, a silhouette on a, on a rocky top overlooking mm -hmm, some mm -hmm. mountain and the bird is coming in. There's all sorts of different ways to tell the story. And which one is the best? I have no idea. And it's crazy that I've, because I've seen this on social media, that I've gotten so married emotionally to this. It just feels perfect. And yet, at the same time, that as artists, we're, that's our job is to go explore. What else can we do? Yeah. Where else can I take this? How can I build a story? How can I build this relationship between her and her hawk, who is an independent creature, and then still keep that tension? It is a wild animal. And she's tamed it. And how do you create that connection between them? But I too like this. I love how the moss makes it like a little grassy feel and the bamboo in the background that's fallen over. And I, and this part of the loves baby magic of just making that background into this magical forest that is emerging. And my rocky wall back there looks like a mountain range. So yeah, it's, yeah it does. I, it's part of that getting down on the ground and exploring our world at this totally different viewpoint and creating these magical worlds is part of the, it's part of the fun. You've already talked about what you would do differently with this in terms of the scenes. Is there anything you want to add to that? 
I, if I was going to do this again, I would probably definitely get out my Edge 80 and try it with that because I do like that different focal point and it might take that background into something a little bit different and create even a more blown out, diffused, whatever you want to call it, magical using the lens compression. So there's that element that I might add and maybe giving it more of a misty morning feel. Facial mister is a very fun tool that we use in the toy photography world to just add a little like smoke or mist or atmosphere. A lens flare would have been awesome if I could manage to have nailed a lens flare either on her or on the bird would have been super fun with the with using the one of the lenses. So there's lots of room to add and take this into even more of a magical feel to it. No, but I'm glad that <laughs> I'm glad that you're you're going to explore this more cuz maybe I'll love the next one just as much. Thank you so much for talking about these three images. Before we go, Shelley, I just want to ask you one last question and that is what is a thing or multiple things that you do to get yourself out of a funk when you can't access those creative juices that you obviously had access to here, what do you do? What are steps that you take that can get you back in touch with your creativity? That's a great question. And one that just comes up so often. The first thing is self-compassion because sometimes you just need to just sit and have faith that there's stuff going on in the back of your head that will bubble up Two, a walking exercise, taking a walk without the headphones in just taking a walk and just seeing what bubbles up. And then my other favorite is gratitude. I have a gratitude journal. And when I'm feeling really down or just not in a good headspace, I will just really lean into that. And that always helps. It just makes me feel better. And then the last one, and this is where the toys are like super good for this, is just play. For me, if I, the ideas are coming and I don't know what to do, I literally play with the toys. They will tell me what photos they want to have taken and then I will go do it. I love that. And one question about your gratitude journal. What format does that take? Is there, is there multiple things that you write down? Do you write down one a day? Do you have a certain time of day that works for you? It started out as three things a day that are not the obvious things. It's to get to the nitty gritty of just the small interactions that I have with people that make my day. Just small acts of kindness and just interactions with people or things that happen that are above and beyond the ordinary. So it's end of the day and I have a small journal. It doesn't take long. I'll start with one and next thing you know, I'm like on to like page two or three. But I usually stop at one and it's good. Just a little, just to review the day. Yes, it was a good day. Shelly, thank you so much for talking about three photos that you created that are just in, enrapturing. I don't know if that's not a word, but that I would never have made. And we got a window into your journey and process. You made them all with the Edge 50 on your Composite Pro 2 with your mirrorless camera. And getting that window into your process is super helpful. Thanks for being so generous today with us. Oh, my, my absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share my work, my process. It's, it's my great joy. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome, Shelly. You have a great day. You too. Thanks.